eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. Bryce Coon alongside Glenn West. We appreciate you wherever you're tuning in, even if it's in a rainy Baton Rouge. Glenn and I were just talking about that. It's like 64 and rainy outside. So, you know, but I think weather's supposed to be absolutely crystal clear and perfect this weekend inside Tiger Stadium, which is what really matters. As we get ready for this week's contest against the Auburn Tigers and the LSU Tigers, Glenn, this game, as we kind of started off here, we heard from the players, Kelly, on Monday. This game's kind of got weird, wacky turns throughout its series history. So, a disclaimer, anything that we try to predict might not come true. You might, If you're a betting person, maybe you should just fade us. Maybe you should just take the opposite of what we're saying. That being said, man, uh, this is going to be a fun one on Saturday. How excited are you to see, first off, LSU just get back home for the first time in what feels like a month? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's going to be really important that they they get back home and have this kind of five-game stretch over their next six to where they can really uh, think, make their mark on, on the conference and, and kind of, you know, solidify their positioning. I mean, they, they're going to be in a, in, a, in a good spot, I think, in terms of just having momentum and uh, having the crowd obviously behind them as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's great to be back. I mean, you know, we a uh, couple weeks on the road and uh, – I'm sure all those players are chomping at the bit to get back into their own beds and be able to kind of, um, you know, go forward here with a lot of these uh, games at home. That was something that a couple of the players talked about. Just being back home is, uh, you know, really good, I think, for their development, for their just kind of planning throughout the week. And, yeah, I think it's going to be, all, you know, pretty good stuff here. But, yeah, we're, we're in tune for another good one. Um, this one is – this this matchup is – Probably one of the, the bigger rivalries I would say that LSU's had in the last 15, 20 years. You know, this has always been a pretty physical, tough, um, you know, close, close game. Um, you know, really outside of maybe 2020 when LSU went to Auburn and just got obliterated um, during the COVID year. Um, I would say most of the matchups have been pretty um, consistently even. And, uh, you know, you always know what you're going to get with an Auburn team that, that they, they always seem to play up to the to, to where LSU is and, and vice versa. So uh, it should be a fun one this weekend in Death Valley. You talk about playing up and I needed to look this up just to confirm that 2019 season that obviously LSU fans loved. 
that was almost the closest time that LSU kind of got to being knocked off. 23-20, to 20, they were able to win that game uh, there in Death Valley. So Auburn does play up. That's kind of their mantra. A lot of emotion in this game, and unfortunately we won't get to see it next year. We, I hope this is one that we get to keep around when, you know, when they if they do move to a nine-game conference schedule. But we'll talk about that in the offseason. That being said, LSU-Auburn, Glenn, we take a look at this offense versus the LSU defense. This is something where – Look, Peyton Thorne has not had over 100 passing yards in a Power 5 game yet this season. Maybe that could give in this game, but this also means that Auburn loves to run the ball. They've got a couple of backs. Both quarterbacks, Thorne and Ashford, are going to be guys that do run the football. It poses a threat to the LSU defense of saying, hey, we got to stay assignment sound and we've got to tackle really well. Yeah, I mean, in, in talking with Brian Kelly this week and with players, I think that's certainly the focus of this defense this week is – uh, you know, addressing the running game uh, that, that Auburn has. They average 202 yards uh, a contest. Um, that's good for top 20 in the country. So, um, you know, this is not a very potent Auburn offense. You know, they've kind of ranked at the bottom of the SEC in, in total offense. And I think large part because they don't have much of a – or they haven't shown to have much of a, a, a passing game to this point. Um, but yeah, they're, they, they really lean on the run. You know, we talked with Brian Kelly some on Wednesday during the SEC teleconference and he, he talked about kind of the unique. They really like to use those two quarterbacks a lot, Ashford and Thorne in the run game. Uh, Thorne's a guy that they, they really feel comfortable uh, handing the ball to uh, and as kind of their starter, but they, they, they get Ashford in there as well. I mean, Ashford was the guy that ran for 700 yards last year. Uh, he uh, has run for, I believe, about 150 or so this year with a lot less touches, but he's averaging a little bit more yards, and he's already scored five touchdowns too. So they, they really like to hand him the ball. Uh, in opportune scoring conditions, so uh, yeah, I, I do think that it's going to be a, a, a you know a big big test for the defensive line. We saw some some minor improvements, I think, as the game went along uh, last weekend against Missouri. Uh, but this is really going to test kind of your front seven and making sure that those guys are gap sound. Um, you know, you want to see Mason Smith continue to build off of that performance. I thought he played a really nice second half against Missouri. I uh, want to see those guys continue to get pressure, continue to clog those running lanes, um, and, and really force this to be a a passing offense. Because when they've uh, when they've tried to pass it, they haven't always been all that accurate. And so I, I do think that that's kind of the strategy here. She's going to have to lean into. I think it's going to be uh, extremely important for them to uh, get get the run game kind of stopped early. Uh, kind of take you know, kind of take that element away from them as much as possible so uh that's that's going to be a really important element to this game yeah you talk about kind of starting fast on defense you know look jarquez hunter brian batty they've both been weapons that they've wanted to use they've got a third string running back in damari austin that is a really really nice piece so they, they've got some really good pieces in the backfield uh hunter is a physical runner we talked with obviously we got a piece up on go 24 7 about this four-man front glenn it feels like after talking with Sage Ryan and Jacoby and Guillory, these guys feel comfortable in the simplistic style that they're running defensively. They feel like they understand it. They feel like they can also execute it to a higher level. We saw, you know, glimpses of that. I think this is also a chance for them to build off of that, uh, you know, build off the momentum they gained in the second half and especially that fourth quarter against Missouri. Uh, you know, they allowed, I think it was two 
just two third downs in, in the third quarter or in the in the second half altogether. So when you look at this game, I mean, we sit here and say the wild wackiness of this rivalry and, and what it is. Of course, we all, we're sitting here saying this, and Peyton Thorne could go for 300 yards. But it's a guy that really did throw the ball well at Michigan State. They just have not been able to find the consistency with Hugh Freeze and Auburn. But this is also something, much like I kind of sat with what Lane Kiffin can do, Hugh Freeze is a great play caller. And one of the things kind of out of the Auburn side of things was he really kind of started to take over that play calling in the Georgia game. Look, look they lost that game. Uh, you know, they, they challenged number one in the country for full 60 minutes. You expect a challenge from this team. Uh, but it feels like LSU's defense is also going to have to say really disciplined with their eyes. And that's something that, you know, the group talked about as a whole. Yeah, I mean, look, consistency, I think, week over week now that you've figured out kind of what scheme you want to run. You know, so much of the first several weeks here was just trying to figure out what's the best way to get Harold Perkins mm. uh, and, and finding his ideal role. They've kind of leaned into him being a Sam linebacker slash nickel. Uh, you know, they, 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 they really like to disguise how they use him in terms of coverage and when they're going to bring him off the edge. But, um, you know, now that they've kind of leaned into that a little bit more and you've kind of seen this defense go into a more traditional four-man front, that was something that, that Sage really talked about yesterday. Uh, Sage Ryan just just about having that consistency and kind of knowing what the game plan is week to week and and not really changing up schemes. You know he, you know they, they, it was no surprise and I mean, we asked him about this yesterday that they were they were a little confused by some of the stuff that they were being asked to do uh, early in mm -hmm. the season and you know they definitely looked out of place. Their eye discipline, you're right, was not there, but they also just were not really positioned well and then when they were positioned well they weren't making tackles and they were very hesitant and kind of reserved as a defense for a few weeks there so um you know you you now you kind of settle in you simplify things a little bit when they found kind of the scheme that i think that they want to lean into um and, and i think that's going to make all the difference in the world really i mean it's going to have to start up front coach kelly said that a number of times over the last couple of weeks you started to see it against missouri would like to see that consistently carry over for a four quarter game um, mm -hmm. against a team like Auburn, but um, you know we'll see. I mean, I, I I still think that there are some some stuff that we have to learn about this group in terms of just being a consistent defense and being able to complement the the offense well. Because when you when you saw it last you know last week, especially in the second half, those two groups were working in unison, and that was something that I remember Coach mentioned in his Monday presser, if I'm not mistaken. Um, one of the last questions he was asked, and it was a very good answer, was when they were when they were clicking, it was because the offense and the defense were working, you know, in cohesion. And you know, you mm. had the big Harold Perkins interception that led to an offensive touchdown. You had the um, you know the the Mason Smith sack that got a stop in the third quarter, which I think led to a score for LSU's offense to kind of chip away at that early deficit that they were facing. So. Um, if you can get some of those game-changing plays, if you can get some of those stops uh, to really help your offense here, which has just been rolling, and I'm sure we'll get into more of that here in a minute, but um, that's the best way that I think this defense can kind of pick itself up a little bit, gain some confidence, gain some momentum. Uh, that's this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The way that they operate, they're, they're pretty one-dimensional. So, um, you know, they... they Slowing down that run game and making sure that they don't get going with the pass is going to be an extremely important element to this game. You mentioned it, and let's go ahead and talk about it. This offense, the need to start fast for LSU's offense. It's not the fact that you know you're worried about potentially getting into a track meet here with Auburn. But if you can start fast, Glenn, you really could put this Auburn offense that has struggled to find consistency at receiver, has struggled to find consistency in the passing game in general. You could put it behind the eight ball where they really can't afford to really utilize that run game. So we talk about this offense. Mason Taylor spoke with him yesterday. If he can become a bigger part of this, uh, Chris Hilton doesn't look like that he will be able to play with that high ankle sprain he suffered on the last play against Ole Miss. That being said, Glenn, it's an opportunity to really impose your will as an offense against a team that – you know, on paper, it doesn't look like they can really match you track, you know, in, in a track meet, score for score, punch for punch. No, no, I don't think so. And I think where this game is really going to be won for for LSU's offense is going to be in the trenches. You know, we've you know watching some film here. The front seven of, of Auburn's defensive line, you know, they haven't made a ton of plays this year, but they're very physical up front. They're gonna they're gonna try to get after LSU's O line as much as possible early in this game. Get after. Jaden make make sure that he's uh, or try to get him as uncomfortable as possible. Not sure how possible that's going to be uh, with the way that Jaden's playing right now, but um, you know the the that's going to be kind of the goal here. I think for Auburn is to really um, you know shut down Logan Diggs in the run game, kind of clog those running lanes early, um, and, and 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 make LSU win via the pass. And LSU is very capable of doing that. I mean, I think that they. They will absolutely score some points in this game. I think they'll continue to, to move the offense and move the ball well. Um, but how the offensive line holds up is going to be something that I'm going to be the most curious about. I wrote about it in a three-players uh, you know, piece that we do every week. I think I put Will Campbell out there, but he was more of a symbolic uh, kind of put, uh, you know, player to put out there that could have represented anyone along the offensive line. I think he uh, – you know, that when we talked with Marie Jones some on Tuesday, he talked a lot about – Matching the physicality that Auburn's going to come come in with. I mean, they're they're coming off a bye week right now, so they're rested, they're healthy, they're uh, I'm sure really you know itching to get to this game and um, you know kind of get that first big SEC win under Hugh Freeze's belt. And there wouldn't be much um, you know bigger of a win than to get one in Death Valley and uh, to really kick off that era. So they're. They're going to come in firing. I think LSU's offensive line is going to be huge in this game. How they hold up on the on the front seven for Auburn is going to be really key. Um, but you know, look, I, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a Jay Daniels show, and he's going to he's been the one that's carried this team, um, you know, through thick and thin this season. I mean, it's it's been a it's it's been a real kind of um, 
you know, just a, just a, I wouldn't call it a breakout year, but he has stepped up in such a big way for this yeah. team this year that, I mean, he looks almost unrecognizable at times from the guy that we saw last year at LSU. And even the, of course, the, the player that we saw at Arizona state as well, he's just so much more confident in his arm uh, and he's making teens pay every week. And, you know, the fact that he's getting some help with from guys like neighbors and Thomas who have really stepped up their games as well uh, has been a really big benefit to this offense. But, uh, you know, when I look at this game and when I kind of break it down, it's really going to come down to LSU's offensive line and how well they hold up against this Auburn front. It's an Auburn front led by Ron Roberts with some ties to Louisiana. He was at Southeastern Louisiana a while back. So obviously maybe some LSU fans with some, uh, with some connections there, you mentioned this uh, this Auburn defense. It's a veteran secondary. They've got a lot of um, guys that have played a lot of football, and they've got a couple newcomers as well. But the challenge for them is going to be to contain Brian Thomas Jr. and Malik Neighbors, which uh, you know it's been it's been very rare that teams have been able to do that. If that is their focus, and I wanted to kind of get into this, Mason Taylor said yesterday he he is getting back to that 100% mark. He still has not been there since he had that ankle injury earlier in the season where he rolled it. That being said, Glenn, I mean, if they unlock Mason Taylor in this, it, it it's I don't know how you stop it. Like I don't know how you stop it already, and I don't think a lot of teams can, but if Taylor really kind of takes a step and say, "Hey, he's 100% and now we really get to utilize him." I don't know where Auburn goes as a secondary even with a bunch of guys that have played a lot of football. Mason Taylor told us on Tuesday during during player interviews that he essentially was seventy five percent against Missouri. I, I didn't see that. I thought he looked. I thought he was moving really well, um, and they got him a little bit more involved. He caught his first touchdown of the season uh, in that game on a nice on one of their patented plays that they like to use with him, kind of coming out of the um, out of the slot a little bit there on on kind of the sideline, kind of end of the end zone corner shot that they like to do with him. But um, yeah, I think he's, he, he's, he's due. I mean, look, he's had some, he's had a couple of nice games, but he hasn't had the big breakout game yet that I think many are looking for. Um, and if they're going to try to take away, you know, BT and, and Malik deep, then he's going to have to really control the, the underneath routes, the intermediate routes. He's going to have to be a good safety valve for, for Jaden, uh, who's done a really nice job. I think an underrated part of Daniel's development has been his, you know, progressions and reading his progressions. That's mm-hmm. been something that Kelly has talked some about as well. Um, but, you know, you're, 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 you're right. You're going to have to rely on Mason Taylor if they're going to try to double up, you know, Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors. That's going to leave that's going to leave somebody open if they're going to be keying in on those two guys. And, you know, we've been we've been saying it for several weeks and even in the offseason that if LSU kind of gets that consistency out of Neighbors and Thomas, it's really going to open up um the 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 offense for for other guys and uh you saw that a little bit last week with mason taylor we'll see if they can continue to get him right continue to maybe lean into him a little bit more uh, offensively and if he can't have a a big couple plays here to really help lsu win this game takes us into our final segment here on this wednesday morning final thoughts here glenn we don't have to do straight up score predictions i know we have a piece later in the week for that but the spread opened up at 11 and a half points it makes me nervous because this game is always nuts. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. I do think that LSU can cover that. There is a world where they can cover that against this Auburn team. Uh, your final thoughts on how this game plays out and maybe any key names to watch for. Yeah. I mean, I, I would probably say that LSU 
gets close to covering. I think that they win probably by more than a touchdown, um, somewhere in that seven to ten point range. Um, you know, they, they they might be able to uh, scrape together, you know, a, a couple score touchdown win. But um, really, for me, I I I just think that this game is going to come down to can LSU's defensive line and can LSU's offensive line win the day? And I mean, I know that mm. the trenches is always kind of a cliche thing to say. Uh, in terms of just who's going to win. But this really does feel like that kind of game for LSU. I mean, this is always a physical matchup. This is always, you know, your best against my best and let's let's go see who wins it kind of thing uh, especially up front with some of the elite defensive lines and, and offensive lines that, that both programs have had over the years so um, yeah I do think that's going to be kind of where this thing's won um, you know in terms of guys that I'm looking at I, you know, I wrote about Logan Diggs in the running game I think you know they've really leaned into him obviously the last couple of weeks he had 24 touches um last week against Missouri I don't know that he'll get many more than that that's already pretty high for a team that likes to throw the ball as much as LSU does um especially against a secondary here that I think they'll be able to attack a little bit um but you know he's he's got to be he's got to stay that consistent guy I think he's he's kind of the, the the glue here in terms of getting themselves into really good manageable third down situations. And they've been really able to capitalize, I think as an offense and really move the ball consistently uh, because they haven't been behind the chains a whole bunch over the last several weeks and really opens up the playbook when you're in third and three or second and four, uh, as opposed to being in second and nine or third and 11 or something like that. So like there, you don't see a whole lot of those uh, kind of marks for LSU in recent weeks. And, a lot of that has to do with the way the offensive lines play. A lot of it has to do with the way Diggs has played up front. Um, but, you know, and then a big piece of it, obviously, is what Jaden's been doing with his arm. So um, I like LSU to win this game. I, I think that they'll maybe not get up into the 40s again like they did last week, but maybe somewhere in the you know 38, 35 range. Uh, and then, you know, I think that the defense – uh, you know, if they continue to show some improvement here, I think that they can certainly hold this, um, you know, this Auburn offense, which has not been all that great. I'm not sure if they have a 30 point game yet this year as an offense. They might mm. they might have one, but, you know, they, they haven't been uh, kind of uh, as consistent, I think, as many as as many as. Uh, want them to be uh so yeah I, I would say somewhere in the 38 30 range maybe 38 28 kind of thing so that's kind of where my thoughts are right now and that this game really has to be one in the trenches for lsu to to come out on top yeah to answer that question they scored 30 plus points in their non-power five games then the power five games against cal did not look very good sluggish trip out there did not score an offensive touchdown against uh, Texas A&M and then was able to – they were able to battle with Georgia but ended up putting 20 up on the board, but, you know, some missed opportunities there. I like what you said about the offensive line. That's going to be a group for me to watch. How can you impose your will against a solid Auburn defensive front? But I'm also going to take a look at these these LSU linebackers. With the way that Auburn likes to run the football, you know, being able to uh, get good reads, not get caught in the flow of traffic, I mean, that's something that I think that we really need to see an improvement on with, uh, you know, not over pursuing, whether it's a Greg Penn, whether it's a Whit Weeks, whether Omar Spates gets some run in this game or not, I think that's going to be a very interesting group to kind of watch as well. And I do sit with you. I think that uh, we could see a, you know, 38, maybe 24 type of game. I think LSU can cover this. Uh, it's going to be something where you just have to do your job. I think if LSU comes in here and, and executes what they want to do, their game plan, uh, it's really a worry about your kind of self, worry about yourself kind of game. 
you know, do what you need to do. And I think the scoreboard will reflect you uh, in favor of you at the end of the football game. But hey, it's going to be a lot of fun Saturday night in Death Valley. And guess what? We got another one next week against Army that'll be. You know, you thought you were going to see the run this week. You're really going to see the run next week, and that's going to be something where you'll learn a lot about this run defense over the next the couple of weeks before they get into that. Option, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little throwback. A little throwback. So it'll be a lot of fun uh, to watch the next two weeks as they get prepared to get into that bye week, a much-needed bye week. Glenn West, my name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have, obviously, a recruiting podcast with Sonny Ship. A lot of big visitors this weekend heading to Baton Rouge. going to be a ton of fun. Great opportunity for you to stay tuned to the site and stay tuned to the podcast as well, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you for tuning in on today's episode of the Go 24-7.